Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. you got to keep playing with confidence. That was the one thing. Just self-talk in my head, you know, going back and forth. It's tough, you know, when you're struggling and not playing well. But if I don't continue to be myself, we don't have a shot to win because, you know, then I'm going to miss the plays that I usually make. So I just had to keep my confidence, uh, missed a few throws. You know, I think where you know, some of those turnovers where I was being a little being a little cautious, just, you know, so after that I felt like I kind of got back, got back on track and settled in. Happy Monday. And welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. That was Trevor Lawrence, who celebrated pretty well, guys. Celebrated at the Waffle House, as you see here, after a tremendous comeback against the Chargers. Man of the people. Yeah. Man of the people. Gotta Uh, love it. Look, we've seen a lot of fantasy punishments happen at the Waffle House. You have to go there for 24 hours. Eat a bunch of waffles, one per hour, that kind of stuff. So it's nice to see Waffle House getting some positive pub. It's not just for fantasy losers. It's also for winners like Trevor Lawrence. The only concern is, does his hair get in the syrup? (laughs) I don't know if he... Yeah, well, you got it. That's what you do. That's yeah. what, that's I don't know. If, I, I don't know if eating that many waffles at Waffle House is a punishment. Not not for not a guy for like me and Trevor Lawrence, who we both Georgia boys, so we love Waffle House. So okay. like, so lock us is in. Is that a Georgia thing? Yes, yeah, Georgia Southern. I wish they had some up here, but they don't. But yeah, it's a it's a Southern thing. They on every single corner, uh-huh. so. And they never close. Never close. Official request to the Waffle House Corporation (laughs) to get us one in Stanford, Connecticut from a guy Lawrence here. Come on now. (laughs) Where would you celebrate after a win like that? Um, Where would I celebrate after a win like that? I mean... Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to Universal Studios. <laughs> I mean, I'm a company man. Let's be clear. Um, I thought you were going to say Hakkasan. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of teeing him up for some kind of Vegas. Hakkasan would be pretty good. Omnia, we, lo- we love Omnia. We love Hakkasan. Uh, I'm a big Chick-fil-A guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Know. Hey, that's another southern thing. And, you know and you mentioned Waffle House. You, know, yeah, yeah. you, you mentioned Waffle House. I do love me some Denny's. Okay. I do love me uh, some Denny's. A little, <laughs> a little French slam. Listen, the, the, the hash browns, the hash browns is really, really good, too. I mean, if it was breakfast time, if it's late night, because I know Denny's be open, if it's during the day, we're obviously, we're going to eat good in the neighborhood. We're obviously going to Applebee's. Indeed, Let's indeed, be, I mean, I'm indeed, a company man. Indeed. Let's be clear. Like, uh, riblets for everyone. That's when I walk in, and I've like, room for the entire room. Riblets for everyone. I've never heard that in my life. Riblets for everyone. Riblets on me. Everybody's a party yeah, bill like, following you know, Matthew Berry right, in. Well, you, you go to the bar, and you're like, drinks on you know, yes. drinks on the house? Yes. Riblets on me. You're just throwing I want, riblets? I, I, a request to the, uh, to the Applebee's Corporation. I want to do that. I want to do that between now and the next season. I want to go into an Applebee's and be like, riblets for everyone. Stanley actually said that to everyone in the Chargers locker room after they lost and uh, no response. Uh, no response at all. Oh, goodness. He's more God. worried about that. Anyway. All right. Well, if you, so. made it th- if you made it this far, I'm Connor Rogers alongside <laughs> Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher, and, of course, Lawrence Jackson. Let's get into the AFC wildcard yes, recaps here, guys. And we started, obviously, talking about Trevor Lawrence. Let's get into this game where, my goodness, a lot of people might have turned it off at halftime. It looked that bad. 
to start. And your swag wires, Matthew Berry, not Jay Croucher. Sorry, Jay. Yeah, Put on a comeback. Never in doubt. Look at that. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. I actually, I mean, and, and I have witnesses to this. I didn't put this out on Twitter, but I did say this in the room. We were all watching. They were, they had, um, they'd given up four turnovers, I think. I think it was at four turnovers, and they were only down 17 nothing. And I just said, you know what? They're only down. No, seriously. They've given <laughs> yeah. up four turnovers. It could be worse. And they're only down 17 nothing. Give me the Jags plus 15 and a half. Yeah. And I literally made a bet right there. The Jags plus 15 and a half. Never in doubt my swag you are. But I was a little nervous. Like, I, I know this sounds insane to say, like, what 27 nothing wasn't big enough. But they were up. They got five turnovers in the first half. Yeah. Five turnovers in the first half, and they turned it into less than four touchdowns. Yeah. Like, that's. You know, and, and these were bad turnovers that were in Jacksonville territory. Yeah. So you sort of knew there was something off. I liked, we talked about this on Friday on fantasy football pregame prior to the weekend. I liked the Jags to win straight up. I liked them plus two and a half. So sure. I always felt like they were the better team. And the fact that they weren't running away with it just made you feel like, hey, there's a chance. Yep. You, you don't expect that kind of comeback, but you felt like, it might get better. Yep. And a lot of people reach out saying, Jay, you got really lucky with your Jags plus two and a half. I go the other way. We lost the turnover differential by five and we won outright. Two and a half yeah, is a great yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like no, it was the, absolutely the, 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 the right opposite side. bettors were lucky it was even that close. Yes. That's you know? right. Yeah. 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 Crazy I, I, Just, it, it, you know, and lots to be made here about uh, the, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers um, and their head coach, Brandon Staley. I just want to point out that here at the Fantasy Football Happy Hour and our bar, just so you know, uh, Brandon Staley drinks free. Look, I, I, this is a rule for any NFL head coach that watches. You give up 27 nothing in the playoffs, seriously, all drinks on us. We feel for you, Brandon Staley. We will see if he remains the Chargers head coach. A lot, of, a lot of rumors swirling about that job prior to this game, about Sean Payton being interested. And not, I mean, it's a bad loss, guys. It's a bad loss. Well, there's going to be an open table now that Sean McVay decided to go back. I, I mean, right? And so Brandon Staley could join the show. He could just sit in the back, drink all he wants. If he wants to, we got. We, would you like to be a bartender on a uh, on a streaming internet show <laughs> about fake football, Staley? Because that job is open. Yeah. Well, um, unfortunately, in another life, I used to work uh, at a party hostel in Thailand in Koh Phangan, and I've actually gotten word that Cliff Kingsbury and Brandon Staley have both applied for my old job, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be between one yeah, of those two. Yeah. For that role. I think Brandon Staley might have been drinking in the second half um, of that game. Some of those decisions, kicking it on fourth and three from the 22 uh, to turn a two-score game into a two-score game, that was fantastic. Just a masterpiece all around from Brandon Staley. You, you have Austin Eckler. You have one of, the, one of the better running backs in the NFL. The Jaguars struggle against the run. Why would you not run? I mean, they called, I want to say off the top of my head, eight runs in the second half. I think that was it. That was yeah. the number I heard. If I have it slightly off. But the fact is, is like, even if it's just three downs and you punt, you're just, you're killing clock. Yeah. You're right. just, and that adds up. They, they needed four scores. They, and they ultimately needed five, right? But, I mean, like, you're up 27. Not, just run. Yeah. Run the clock. And what's interesting is there, Matthew, is – they were up 27-0 and got away from the run. The Jaguars are down 27, and they're, and, and they're sticking with the run. And that helped them. It, it kept the Chargers' defense honest. And on the biggest play of the game, that's when Travis Etienne had his best run of the game. Well, I think that brings up a great point, Lawrence, in terms of Travis Etienne as we just sort of push it forward, right? He's now had at least 20 touches in three of the last five games. Uh, since week six, 
He's had six different 100-yard rushing games. Travis Etienne, who coming to the season, we all said, look, we know about the explosiveness, but we don't think he want, they don't want him to be a workhorse back. They yep. want to use him as a passing down back, as a satellite back, third down. Uh, Connor, that was his profile coming out of college. Absolutely. Yeah, And that has not been the case in the pros. No, they, I mean, once they traded James Robinson, they really handed the keys to the car to Travis Etienne. And you see why. the explos- You're only increasing your odds of an explosive play if you give the guy the ball more. Give the guy the ball more. And obviously, they're also finding creative ways. How about, like you said, Lawrence, that play call, the fact they got on the field, they didn't like what they saw, they right. called timeout. Yep. Lined up a very it's unique formation idea, where right? everybody thinks it's going right up the middle, and you get a guy that runs 4-3 to the outside for the biggest play of the game. Huge. Yeah, I mean, and I love Peterson after the game saying, well, it was simple. Like, if they were inside, you're going to go outside. Yeah. If they're yeah. lined up outside, yeah. go up the middle. Like, pretty pretty simple. Sometimes coaching gets overcomplicated. A guy that's been there before. How about that helps? Well, you know what? I legit said this. So, on Football Night in America, we all make our game picks, right, at the end. And it was, it was split between Chargers and Jaguars. And I, I took the Jaguars. And I literally said, you're, you're supposed to, with our Lowe's home game picks um, on, on the show, you're supposed to like give like sort of one or two lines about why you're picking that team, what you're sort of looking for, right, in, in the game. And I just said, in a close game, give me Doug Peterson over Brandon Staley. I'm taking the Jaguars. I literally said that uh, on Football Night in America, and I feel like that 100% came true. Yes. Best moment of the game for me was uh, Joey Bosa slamming his helmet. Brandon Staley picking it up, giving it back to Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa slamming it again. I think that summed up Brandon Staley's tenure in, uh, in L.A. pretty well, which yeah. is surely now over. I under- Bosa was upset because of the, the lack of the false start call, and I get that. Yes. But, I mean, there were some bad call, no bad no calls against the Jaguars. 100%. The second interception was not on Lawrence. Yeah. Like they, he literally gets grabbed yeah. around the around the waist. Asante Samuel grabs the grabs the kid around the waist and sort of moves him out of the way to intercept it. No call there. Um, yeah. There was, you know, they ended up scoring on the next play, but there was a pass interference in the uh, in the end zone there for the fourth touchdown. I mean, like the Jags had. I could do a whole rant on officiating. I know you guys know I never like to complain about the officials. No, it's <laughs> your thing, so you're going to keep, um, it, keep it going but, here. Uh, but, no, it's uh, – No, nah, but it, so was, it was both ways, it though. It was easily both ways. Yeah. Easily both yeah. ways. Yeah. They've got to fix officiating in the offseason. Yep. That's got to be a primary consideration for the NFL. Yep. Connor, any concerns about Trevor Lawrence the past two weeks, given that he was pretty – he was very bad against Tennessee. He didn't play well at all. Now he, he, he comes back, he wins them the game, but – did have four interceptions, and also, no one's talking about this because of how the game ended, but also threw the game-losing pick on the last drive to Carl Van Noy at the line of scrimmage and just You're went through Van right. hands. So, any concerns about Lawrence going into Kansas City? I found it interesting in this first half of this game how slow he was playing. Obviously, just not seeing the field. Asante Samuel had a hat trick in this game that nobody will ever talk about <laughs> ever again, which is an unbelievable accomplishment. He's Very a young great. quarterback that's playing slow, but I think what gives you confidence, Jay, is that he has a veteran coach that understands how to adjust in the second half to slow the game down for him. They have viable pass catchers. They get Evan Ingram going, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and an explosive running back. So, yeah, there's concern. I, is, is this the ceiling for Jacksonville this season? Obviously, we'll get there at the end of the show. It's pretty safe to say I think so. But the most important thing is he's a guy that under, never lost on a Saturday, by the way, going <laughs> right. all the way back yeah. to high Amazing, school. right? Incredible. And, and a guy that what can respond to that. adversity, which, in my opinion, is the most important thing yes. for a young quarterback. Right. That, uh, look, think about where Trevor Lawrence was a year ago. 
people were like, is this guy a bust? Is this guy the next Jamarcus Russell? Because the Urban Meyer experience had been so unbelievably brutal. He came, he comes into the pros as the most heralded quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning, right? Easily, like, yes. Like, this yeah. guy is franchise quarterback, Can't right? Can't miss. Can't miss. Dangerous thing Tank- to say about We're a tanking for Trevor. All the teams are tanking for yes. Trevor, right? And so then he, he's a disaster. The entire Jaguars organization is a disaster. And so they get rid of Urban Meyer. Um, and in the offseason, they get a lot of criticism. The Jaguars front office gets a lot of criticism. Why are you signing Christian Kirk for so much money? Really, Zay Jones? Evan Ingram, he can't stay healthy. What about Brandon Sheriff? That's a lot of money for an offensive lineman who has also had injury issues in his career. They made a lot of, they spent a lot of money in this offseason. And they went out and they get Doug Peterson, who was, as a coaching candidate, I think a little cold. He'd been, yeah. fi- he'd had a, you know, a, a poor exit from Philadelphia. It had gone south there. He'd been fired. He'd been out of football for a year. And credit the Jaguars because every single one of those moves yeah. works out. Christian Kirk no longer looks overpaid, especially when you saw all the the other crazy wide receiver contracts that came up. Zay Jones has been nothing short of fantastic. Evan Ingram in this game, 7 for 93 in a touchdown. He's been terrific down the stretch. Kirk, 8 for 78 in a touchdown in this game. ETN is, um, you know, give credit, that was an Urban Meyer pick. But still, Doug Peterson, former NFL quarterback himself, former Andy Reid disciple, former he- Super Bowl winning head coach, Peterson's done an unbelievable job. He won't win Coach of the Year, but he deserves to be in the conversation. Yep, Jags are two wins from the Super Bowl. It's unbelievable yeah. to say it out loud. They're two wins from yeah. the Super Bowl. When you think about where this franchise was a year ago, like yeah. they are, they are the definition of playing with house money right now. Yep, it's it's crazy to say, guys. You could make an argument Evan Ingram was the best one-year flyer deal in the NFL. This is his best year of his career, and it look at it, it done worked out for the Giants. And the Jack yeah. and Evan Ingram, so you know they both just needed to part ways and get a career year out of Evan Ingram. Wait, wait a minute, Lawrence, is that is that your analysis of? The, we're going to get to the Giants in a second, but mm-hmm. I just want to be clear: is is that the reasons for their success this year is that? They yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. just had to. They ball, shame all. It was just about getting rid of, some, of some, Evan Ingram. Some, some, hey, some folks just got to break up, man. All, all good things must come to an end. Although I don't know how much good. Was there, you know, when Evan Ingram was with the Giants, but right. they, uh, the Giants are in the division around, as is Evan Ingram. There you go. There you go. Everyone's happy. Huh? Moving All along right. to our second AFC game, a surprise here, guys. This was the one, Bills-Miami. It, it will be inter- – the last thing on this yeah. game, sorry, before we move on. I was just going to say, the really interesting game, we'll, and we're going to have all week, we're going to do a show tomorrow, and we're going to do a show Thursday. So we'll talk about the Jaguars-Chiefs game coming up. But it is, to your point about Trevor Lawrence being a bit inconsistent – Sky's the limit for Lawrence, who I think will be a top-12 fantasy quarterback next year. But you do feel you're a little nervous. Playing at Arrowhead is one of the toughest – I mean, it's one of those cliches that's true, right? You know, playing at Arrowhead, really tough. And anytime you give Andy Reid two weeks, like, his record off of a bye is ridiculous. Yes. I think the Chiefs are going to win that game. Yes. <laughs> well, I, mean, we, we, we go, I mean, regardless of the result, we're just going to be like, hey, Jazz. Yes. Right. Yes. Again, they get blown out forty to seven. We playing with house like, money. The ja- <laughs> swag you are. Some of us never left. Some of us wavered and went in and off, went <laughs> in and out of the bandwagon, but sw- stayed on the swag you are all season. Let's go swag you are. A good place to be. All right, moving yes. on here to Bills Will Dolphins. Jackson DeVille wear a uh, wear a thong. <laughs> We're not going down that road once again. We're getting into the Bills here. Uh, Listen, this game was separated by two touchdowns on the spread. The Dolphins obnoxiously hang around, but you see obviously plenty of production from the Bills' offense, but their defense just could not put this Dolphins team away in a game that they sneak by, win 34 
uh, to 31. I think the story of this game, guys, besides the Bills' offensive numbers, is Josh Allen's three turnovers, in my opinion, which has been a bit of a theme this season. Credit to the Dolphins' defense. They came to play. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like hey, you're on, the, you're on the road. You got Skylar Thompson, whatever, and they're, and here's the Bills are explosive, and Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the, and the Dolphins' defense was like, we don't care. Two interceptions plus the, the strip sack fumble that they also returned for a touchdown. They kept the Dolphins in this game, and, you know, Jay, as much as you mentioned, hey, a little nervous about Trevor Lawrence because he's looked a little sloppy down the stretch, I could argue the same for the Bills' offense, not just in this sure. game, but down the stretch, teams that they should be blowing out, they're not. Yep, no, 100%. And this just isn't going to go away. This is part of Josh Allen's game. You just have to live with it. He's, yeah, still, a top, he's still a top four quarterback in the NFL, but, yeah, he throws the two picks. I think one was his fault, the other one probably not his fault off the, the chest of Cole Beasley. But the bigger thing is he fumbled three times, including yep, taking, yep. A, taking a sack that he absolutely could not take for the fumble six. And... Look, I mean, the Dolphins, they got within three points. It was close late. At the same time, like the Bills, they should have blown them out in this game. And the Dolphins had a lot of plays go their way, but a lot of that is on Josh Allen. Including the postseason, no quarterback in the NFL has turned the ball over more than Josh Allen this year. I mean, that's, that is concerning when now you've got to play Cincinnati, and if you manage to get through Cincinnati, you're probably playing Kansas City. Like that, I mean, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm, a, I'm happy I'm, okay, fine, you know, survive in advance. But you have to be nervous about this because, to your point, like the the Dolphins had no business being in this game. And honestly, yeah. if it wasn't speak for on it. speak it, on if, it, I know no, where you're going if with it, it. If it wasn't for the fact that honestly, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle had some bad drops in the first half, yeah. and this the insane delay of game stuff <laughs> that happened in the second yeah. half, they could not get yeah. to the line of scrimmage. They could not get to the line of scrimmage and call a play. But like, there's a scenario in which with better with better with better more efficient play calling or better receiving from Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, the Dolphins win this game. Yeah, yeah. Skylar Thompson, look, he has one or two picks that obviously he would have liked to have back, but, I mean, the Bills are lucky to have won that game. There, there's a – two plays that game, I think the Dolphins win that game. Yep. The whole game was the, the third and 19 play where the Dolphins are backed up late and then they call the deep pass that for Skylar Thompson. Blew my the mind. Pick and, uh, blew my that's, mind. That's your game right there, really. <laughs> Mike McDaniel has done so many great things this year. That call, take the ball out of the young quarterback's hands. He's a seventh-round pick. You should not have him dropping back and looking down the field in that situation. You're backed up. It's third and 19. They give the gimme pick. Hang on, though. But before we even get to the third and 19, again, like I, I know I harp on the refs all the time, but the fact is, is like, think about this. The play before third and 19 – um, was he, he, he gets rid of the ball. And it, it's like one of these things where it's like he's coming down and he just gets rid of the ball. And initially the call on the field is incomplete pass, that he gets rid of it. And so now you're looking at third and ten. Yep. And then replay, they call down and they go, oh, actually, no, 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 his, his, knee, his knee barely hit. Yeah, it's third yeah. and 19. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it was pretty close. It was a kind of a bang-bang play. But it seems super random when they decide to call down from New York and say, hey, we looked at this, change the play. <laughs> there are times where you're like, wait, <laughs> yeah. are, how is that not pass interference? How is that not, you know, wait, we're watching the replay and we're like, that's a completely missed call. And you hear the announcers on TV, whether it was Tony Dungy and, you know, in the, um, in the, in the game against the Jaguars where he, anyway, the announcer's like, that's pass interference or that's a hold or that's, you know, he's down by contact, whatever. And it just feels really random as to when they decide to call down and when they don't, right? Yeah. And so my point is, is if they don't call down, chances are the Bills aren't challenging that because it's, it's, it's really a bang-bang play, and it's still third and ten yep. in, their own, uh, in their own 
and yeah. so that makes a difference, right? Third and nineteen versus third and ten is a Huge big difference. difference. Yeah. Like maybe they call it a different play, right? Yeah. So just you know, it's I I feel bad for the Dolphins. You know what I mean? Like they they like they with know. Skyler Thompson at quarterback. You just want the, you want the yeah. game to be decided on the field, not yeah. not not by the zebras. It, it, they, he 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 played well enough. You know what I'm saying? You you weren't expecting him to be Tua. He he's not that on that third and 19, right, which was interesting. Their next drive, right, they run a play that they should have ran on that third and 19, gets the snap, and he throws to Jalen Waddle, and guess how much he gains? 20 yards on the play right. catch, after catching it at the line of scrimmage. Like, run that on the third and 19. Even if you don't get the 19, like, you're not having a turnover and just giving the Bills, who are the better team, you, a free score right there. Yep. Yeah. I, think, I think it just goes to show as well that – like from a betting perspective, like every single game in the NFL is losable. doesn't matter how big a favorite you are. There was no one who could make any case for the Dolphins winning that game before the game. Bills closed 14-point favorites. Skylar Thompson was 18 for 45, and the Dolphins averaged 2.1 yards per carry on the ground, and they almost won the game. Like Skylar Thompson had Tyreek wide open on the fourth and sixth at the end. Yes. He just didn't see him. He yes. makes the, the tough throw while he's going down. Like the Bills' season very nearly ended. But again, right, I mean, but again, go to the first half where, like, I mean, he hits Jalen Waddle in stride, and Waddle just drops it, right? And yep. and Tyreek also same thing, just dropped one. And there was a there was a second drop by Waddle that you know the guy made a good play on it, but like those are plays that it's Waddle catchable. has. That's it's a catchable ball. There are times when Waddle has made that play and come down with it. So I, anyway, I am nervous about the Bills. Yeah, what about their I am defense definitely nervous too? About, what about their defense? I mean, Skyler, you know. Anyway. Bills don't have any safeties left. Like, the, Michael Hyde's done. Demar Hamlin's obviously not playing. Jordan Poyer's not right. He's been injured all season. And so that, I don't think it's going to be as much as a, prob- a problem because we'll talk about it where Cincinnati don't have an offensive line anymore. But if they win that and then they're playing Patrick Mahomes with the level of that defense, like, they need to find something if they're going to make the Super Bowl. They really do. Let, let's go ahead. What are you going to say? I was going to say, it also doesn't help when you're hurt on the back end and your best front seven player in Von Miller is out because yes. that can mm-hmm. kind of supplement the back end. So, yeah, the injury bug has caught the Bills this year in a year where they are I don't want to ever say yeah. Super Bowl or bust, but their aspirations are Super Bowl. Definitely. The last thing I'll say about the Dolphins, then let's move on to the Bills in terms of what we see them going forward. But the, I'll just – I feel bad for Skylar Thompson, right? He's a guy that, you know, like yeah. was compared to Brock Purdy quite a bit in college, right? And then now, now he's a seventh-round rookie quarterback starting in a playoff game. Brock Purdy is – and we'll talk about him next segment – you know, nothing short of amazing. He's been amazing this entire time. And Skylar Thompson is less so. Although I think that most people feel like, you know, Skylar Thompson, again, like Brock Purdy's been in that offense this whole time. Skylar Thompson, he started, he's, you know, then it's Teddy Bridgewater. They're in and out with Skylar Thompson. He's not surrounded by the same offensive line or the same weapons. As good as Tyreek Hill and Jalen yeah, Waddle are, that ain't that's close. not McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And right? the defense. Absolutely. And the defense, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I actually think Skylar Thompson has overachieved in terms of expectations. And I know a lot of Dolphins fans don't want to hear that. He's probably in the crosshairs for a lot of people. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a day three pick a quarterback that had no business. They paid Teddy Bridgewater $5 million this year to be a reliable backup to Tua. Unfortunately, both guys got hurt, and right. Skylar Thompson's been thr- – he had a great summer, yep. and that built the trust to get him on the field this year in an emergency situation. But there's not a lot of Brock Purdy's in NFL history. That's no. the point. No, there aren't. And it, it, the weird <clears throat> part is, is that Teddy Bridgewater was active in this game uh, because uh, – to be a backup. And it's like, well, if he's healthy enough to be the backup, why, like, is, he why, why is he not starting? Yeah. And I guess Mike McDaniel, the way he feels – and. You know, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, reported this, that the Mike McDaniel's like, 
I want the guy that's there Wednesday and Thursday. Right. And because that Skylar Thompson was the guy that ran the first-team offense Wednesday and Thursday, and they weren't sure if clear, uh, Bridgewater was going to be cleared in time, that that was who they went. But for me, on the road at Buffalo, I don't care if Bridgewater hasn't played. You know, you've got a veteran guy versus, a, you know, a seventh-round rookie, a day-three pick. I Anyway, that's why uh, Mike McDaniels paid the big bucks. I am not to make those decisions. Uh, ultimately, the pick at the end of the game was bad, but that's not why the Dolphins lost. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they had their opportunities. The, the play call, the, the delay of game stuff, is that's the insane part. Inside. Probably cost them. Let's look over at the Bills' offense yes. in this one before we move on because we did have some big performances. Most notably, playoff Gabe Davis comes yeah. back. Six catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown for Gabe. Third straight playoff game with over 100 receiving yards. Fourth straight playoff game with receiving touchdowns. Three so straight playoff games, he's had at least nine targets in each of the last three. And to your point, like, again, the run game still hasn't gotten going. I mean, like, whatever. Singletary, 10 for 48. James Cook, 12 for 39. Fine. But, you know, you never felt like they got into a rhythm. It's, it's always been a pass-first offense. It's going to be. And we've been talking all year long, can the Bills get a consistent – secondary pass catcher to Stefan Diggs. And it's weird that it only happens in the playoffs. This is why we're all so hyped on Gabe Davis coming into the season and then he disappointed fantasy-wise. But playoffs and here comes big game Gabe. <laughs> we just had to wait uh, till fantasy. big game Davis. And then like, <laughs> somebody got in his ear and like, you know, big game Gabe sounds a lot better, right? Big you know, game. Big, He literally, he's the first time, go back and like, he called him big game Davis and you're like, uh, you know his one. first name's Gabe, uh, right? It's like, miss. Okay. You just got to wait till the fantasy playoffs to, to uh, draft Gabe Davis in the first round. That's apparently, what you got to do. A, a, apparently. But uh, it, was, it was nice to see just, again, made plays all over the field. It wasn't just touchdowns. Like, you know, made, uh, made uh, catches in traffic. Like, Gabe Davis is a thing. I think the thing as well with Davis and Diggs, who goes 7 for 114 and is split second away from having a miraculous one-handed touchdown in the end zone, is that the Bills, in the second half, when they're leading and trying to run clock, their way of running clock is like throwing deep. Because they can't yeah. run the ball. They don't consistently. So I was like, all right, Josh Allen's just going to throw a tape. We're just going to throw on a tape. There is no game script that works against these guys. No, this is very true. Their very backfield true. guy is kind of interesting. Devin Singletary significantly outsnaps James Cook, but James Cook ends up having two more carries. Uh, as we post right here, if you're watching on Peacock or YouTube, you can see 12 carries for Cook, 10 for Singletary. Cook gets the uh, Cook gets the touchdown as well. Look, I, I've said this. They might trust Singletary more, just especially as it's, it's the playoffs and it gets colder, colder weather, and you know, you're worried about turnovers here, but to the eye test, to anyone, Cook's the better player. He's the more explosive player. Yes. He's the bigger play guy. That's what I, it comes to. Yeah. You know? And so I think for fantasy, it, yeah. that's who you're choosing. You, want, you, want, you, you would rather choose him. Yes. Yeah. It's just like when you see it, it's a 50-50 split. Like, obviously not in the snaps in this game, but as far as touches, it was 50-50. But like you said, at the end, they trusted Devin Singletary to run out the clock those last few plays. But, yeah, like, Cook is, he's that dude. Like, he looks good. He, he's going to be an interesting sleeper next year as well. But I'm sure they trust Singletary more in pass protection. Yeah. Again, it's a, you know, it's a pass-first offense. And to your point, hey, we got to grind this out. We can't. So let's go with Motor yeah. Singletary. Let's go with the veteran. Our last AFC game, another surprising sweat as the Bengals survive against the Ravens. Literally came down to the last play, which was a tipped pass right out of the hands of James Prochet. The Bengals hold on 24-17 as you look right now. 
at the Bengals fantasy leaders. No surprise to see Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow at the top. But guys, very quiet evening for everybody else not named Chase and Burrow. Yeah, I think the thing here is just the Bengals offensive line mentioned before, it's just not viable. They're down 60% of their starters. Karis Collins and then Jonah Williams goes out. And then all of a sudden, Joe Burrow's just got no time to throw. And it's a testament to Jamar Chase, how he's diversified his game, where he can go 9 for 84 and a touchdown now on 12 targets with his longest catch only being 19 yards. And it was just Burrow has to get the ball out so quickly they can't really run the ball that effectively, particularly with the line banged up. And, uh, you know, the total against Buffalo is 50 and a half. So they're going to have to figure something out to be able to throw yeah. deep and keep up with the Bills. Yeah, I mean, my so, you know, my bet MGM breakdown on Football Night in America was my main bet was Jamar Chase over six and a half receptions. You know, we we have to for, for that show, we you know, we talk about we, we do the breakdown and everything like that. But in essence, basically what I said on that show was like, look, this is somebody who's had at least seven receptions in eight straight games. He's had at least seven receptions in all four games in his career against the Ravens. And to your point, like, again, like, Baltimore doesn't give up a ton of passing yards. Like, they've, they've been really good. They've given up under 250 passing yards for the season uh, per game. But they do give up a lot of receptions. They were top five in terms of most receptions allowed to opposing wide receivers. So to your point, right, like, you don't want to call Jamar Chase a possession receiver because it just seems insane to be like, no, he's not Danny Amendola. But... Uh, but they've sort of, in a weird Damn way, to your point, wow. no, but, no, but, right? But but my, but your point is, is that Jamar Chase, who exploded under the scene as a rookie, getting these crazy long plays, right? And you know he's, he's so fast and big that you're like, yeah, it is, right? You're like he didn't have a, a didn't have a reception. I, would you say over nine yards? Nineteen, nineteen. So over didn't, 19, have 20, like, didn't have a twenty yard reception. Didn't have a twenty yard reception, has. right? And it's just like it's just a lot of like it's like slant stuff. It's over the middle stuff. It's just you know. Like, wherever he is in his route, Joe Burrow's going to trust that Jamar Chase is going to win that route, and he does. And, and now they're, they've expanded his route tree, and to your point, getting the ball out quickly. It's one of the reasons why it ended up not cashing. We didn't, we didn't use the bet, but we were looking at, you know, Joe Mixon receiving yards. The line was actually pretty high. I want to say it was like 24 and a half receiving yards, again, because he's under so much pressure, he's been dumping it off to Mixon and Pirine, you know, and Mixon ended up not getting there, but my point is, is like, just to t- that the line was there, that the line was almost 30 receiving yards for Joe Mixon should tell you something. Quiet night for Mixon. Uh, 11 carries, under 40 yards. He's, that's been the case three of his last four games, not getting to that 40-yard mark, and three catches for 17 yards. Lawrence, you have to be kind of concerned right now. The offensive line is obviously significantly banged up, and yeah. that's tri- we've seen this trickle down to have an impact like this on Mixon on and off throughout the season. Yeah, and it's not going to get any easier next week against the Bills, as you just we talked about earlier. The Dolphins average two point something yards a carry against the uh, Bills defense. So, and Jay mentioned the over under of this game being uh, fifty. So this game, like despite the you know despite Joe Burrow getting sacked four times yesterday like it's gonna be some throwing going on because neither team is coming into this game with a you know they want to run the ball but you just haven't been able to do that so you know Joe Mixon will just have to try to do it uh through the receiving game as well five plus receptions in three of his last four games the last thing I'll say here is though I'm actually less worried about the Bengals moving forward in terms of their offense because we know the weapons we're not as concerned about the Bills' defense as we were the Ravens' defense. Like, the Ravens had a really good defense. Yep. Third time they yeah. played each other. Yeah. All the cliches in terms yeah. of divisional matchup. Well. Two t- they yeah. know each other well. And so, we ex- I, I mean, 
I gave this out last night as well, that we thought the Ravens would cover. They ended up, they did cover um, the eight and a half or even the seven and a half, depending on where you got the line. But uh, I do think the offense will be better. Mixon, T. Higgins, obviously Chase and Burrow will be better against the Bills because they're going to have to be and because the, the matchup won't be nearly as bad. The Ravens, you just throw that out. It was, t- it was Tyler Huntley. As right? you see here, we have the divisional round schedule. Jacksonville, Kansas City, the Giants, Eagles, Bengals, Bills, and the winner of Bucks, Cowboys will take on the Niners. We're going to break. When we're back, we'll break really, down the Really, after the, the Jaguars, game. Chiefs, there's no game that matters. <laughs> That's the only game that matters. Let's be clear. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Play good. Play good. Just good? Yeah, play good. Winning football. Isn't good a good adjective to use? Good? Yeah. Good. I'm not a writer. I'm just a coach. So, um, look, Daniels, I've said it all year. He's been good for us. He continues to be good for us, and he played a good game. Um, and I think there's a lot of other people that play good games, too, to help him play a good game. He'll be the first to admit it. But uh, as the leader of our football team, um, you know, I'm proud of him. That was Giants coach Brian Dable saying Daniel Jones played good. Fellas, sounds like a man that is well aware Daniel Jones will be a free agent when this season ends. Let me ask you this, because, like, poor – here's Brian Dable, who's one of the Coach of the Year candidates, right? I mean, like, the Giants have exceeded all expectations. By far. He has done a great job with Daniel Jones. Brian Dable has. He's done a great job with Daniel Jones. He's done a great job with this offense. Like, they didn't have any major free agent signings. Gettleman totally screwed the cap. They came in this year, you know, a lot of people said, well, the Giants are just taking it on the chin this year. And Brian Dayball and his staff said, oh, no, 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 no. And, you know, and, like, and now they're moving on to the divisional round. And yet, all people are, and now the New York media is sitting there going, like, oh, just good. He's just good. Like, they're trying to make something of nothing. Yeah, like, like, yeah. like Dayball was, yeah. Dayball right. was, like, complimenting Daniel Jones. So, Connor Rogers, let me ask you this. Um, uh, you are... Uh, you work for SNY. You do the. You were part of the New York media. Explain yourself <laughs> so here. You were part of the New York media as you part of the, that, uh, the Jets. You, you do that? the Jets pre and post game on SNY. You were obviously you're part of the New York media. Explain yourself. Why are you guys attacking Brian Dayball that way? <laughs> you put it all. I don't on do you, scrums. I don't do press conferences. I just sit on television in a suit and say whatever I want. But and I'll say this. I thought Daniel Jones played great. All right, there you go. Absolutely great. So take that, New York media or associates of mine, whatever it may be. (laughs) You might get get kicked out of the New York media. You might be stuck with me here every day. There we go. All right. I'll handle that. I can deal with that. (laughs) It's fine. We can get rid of Jay. It's easy. Um, (laughs) I think uh, you can make a case that Daniel Jones, just with 
Hurts' shoulder at the moment, how bad Dak has looked. I think there's a case that he's, he's the second best quarterback in the NFC playoff field, Daniel Jones, which is incredible. After Brock Purdy? No, after, after Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, but I think that Jones, the level that he's shown, also I think it's a testament to Brian Dable, the fact exactly. that they played with the lead the whole game and Saquon Barkley only got nine carries. They knew exactly what they wanted to do and they destroyed them through the Dan- Daniel Jones, who is, let's be clear, had an up-and-down relationship with fans and the New York media and, you know, and coaching staffs, Give this guy all sorts of credit. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones become the first quarterback in NFL postseason history with over 300 passing yards, two, two or more passing touchdowns, and over 70 rushing yards. The only guy in NFL postseason history to ever do that. That was Daniel Jones. He was nothing short of terrific. You can see it there on your screen. 24 of 35 for 301 yards, and then 17 rushes for 78 yards. He had more rushes than Daniel than Saquon Barkley, more than Dalvin Cook on the other side <laughs> yeah, of the ball, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, he was nothing short of terrific in this game. The Vikings, even though they'd seen him less than a month ago, didn't have an answer for Daniel Jones Lawrence. Yeah, and the last time, this is why I liked his over and passing yards, which was 241 and a half. He had only come into this game throwing over 200 yards three of his last four games, but that one game was against the Vikings where he threw for 334. So I'm like, let's let's run it back again, and he has another 300-yard passing day to go on top of his 78 rushes. Played pretty damn good. And one of the arguments, listen, Jay, we've been talking about this on Fantasy Football Happy Hour for the, the entire year. I, you know, jokes aside, but like we've said, like Daniel Jones is fine. He is he is pretty good. When, good. We, when we're talking real life and we're talking fantasy, that rushing gives him a floor as a fantasy option. Absolutely. And also I think that it just goes to show that, you know, Brian, it's hard to assess coaches in the NFL, but one thing you can assess is whether a coach is adaptable. And Dable has had games where he runs Saquon Barkley 20, 25 times. And then he has games like this one where Saquon runs nine times. He only ran 14 times in the first Vikings game. The Vikings' pass defense was just a complete catastrophe. Yeah. Miscommunications. Darius Slayton, a couple times, he caught the ball expecting to get tackled. He was like, oh, there's no one here. I can just keep Wide running. open. And even didn't catch the ball when no one was exactly. around at one time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, that was a tough one. I mean... It's the story of the Vikings season on the back end, and I think it finally caught up to them. And to your point about Barkley, they really know how to use the pass game to him as an extension of the run game. The five catches for 56 yards just felt like free yards all day. Uh, 100%. They schemed him open. I think there was no bigger example throughout the entire playoffs. Eh, maybe Jacksonville. Uh, maybe Jacksonville <laughs> Chargers. But what I was going to say is, is like, like, Kevin O'Connell got outcoached here. Yes. And, yeah. and, like, and not close. Right? I mean, like, it was just like Dayball just completely outcoached. Kevin O'Connell, because I would, if you sat here and just showed me both rosters, you're taking the Vikings roster, right? I mean, that's a better collection of players than what the Giants have. I mean, listen, give the Giants credit for getting something out of Isaiah Hodgins and, you know, and and Richie James, but let's be clear. Like, they've got, I mean, like, you know, Dalvin and Saquon, like, I think the offensive lines are a wash, right? I mean, I think Cousins and Jones are more or less a wash. I mean, after this game, maybe you don't think that way, but like, they have Justin Jefferson. Uh, they have Adam Thielen. They have TJ Hawkinson. They have Adam, you know, Adam KJ Osborne. Like they, they have a better. They ha- they certainly have a better offense, at least on on paper. Um, Look at these great the names. Giants are working with Hodgins, Slater, James. This I mean, is the new uh, Randy Moss, Wes Welker, <laughs> <laughs> Hodgins from a practice squad. Slayton written he- off by his own team by the previous regime. Richie yeah. James, career special teamer. Daniel Bellinger, a day three pick at tight end. 
That is your Giants leader. Look down. They, they hyped up right here. They are hyped up. Another big hat. <laughs> big the big hats have become a thing. They are celebrating, and they deserve to celebrate, especially Isaiah Hodgins, who, you know, eight for 105 and a touchdown in this one. Uh, he was a free agent at one point, uh, yeah. you know, and he continues to develop this chemistry, especially in the red zone. He's now got five receiving touchdowns in his last six games with Daniel Jones. Uh, look, I think everyone expects the Eagles to win next week, and I, I would pick them as well. But I think that game's going to be closer. I don't know what the line. What's the seven? Oh, seven. seven. I, give me the Giants to cover. Yeah. I would bet the Giants to cover right now. Like, very live. I, I'm just telling you, like that—that that is a team that really believes in each other. On the other side of the ball, just as we talk about sort of coaching disparities again, probably Peterson Staley is probably the the most glaring. <laughs> but this one was glaring to me. You've got number 18 Justin Jefferson, who gets one catch. In the second half, he had three targets. One reception for four yards in the second half, just three targets. Now, the, the people that are trying to, you know, defending him, defending Cousins, defending O'Connell, and they're like, wow. He was, you know, they brought safety help over the top quite a bit against Jefferson. They, 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 he was double teamed a lot. They bracketed him. Like, they did a lot of different things to try to take Jefferson out of the game. I hear you. I get it. But think about that week 12 game against the Patriots where he also had coverage shifted his way quite a bit where he was often double teamed where Belichick was like I'm not going to let Justin Jefferson beat me nine for 139 and a touchdown on 11 targets against the Patriots in week 11 one of the criticisms of Kirk Cousins throughout his career and you know this Connor better than anyone is that he won't throw to guys unless they're open like he won't throw to a guy who's (laughs) currently covered and trust his receivers to win in coverage and I get that on some level but there are some guys that you just throw, even if they're covered, yes. because you trust them to make a play. You trust them to win those 50-50 balls. And is there a guy in the NFL more than that guy, Justin Jefferson? <clears throat> like, he's that guy right now. Yeah, and, and as you're saying this, I'm thinking of the game, the, the Vikings against Buffalo, where he did it. He literally threw it to him. Like, he's like, hey, you know how they say, man, Justin Jefferson, he out there somewhere, just close his go. eyes. And, yep. and that's and Justin, probably right, that, the best catch of the that's season, exactly right? That's exactly what it look like. <laughs> but but then, but I also thought about how you just said you know Kirk Cousins hitting the like wide ass open receiver and I think to KJ Osborne's touchdown yesterday Kirk Cousins found him he you know I mean he that's where you you want to throw to the wide open receiver right but when you're when, when the game's on the line right you get the ball you get the ball to your guy like if the Vikings would have won this game then him having seven catches for 47 yards, all right, cool. We chalk that up. We move on to the next week. But you didn't win, and you only had one catch in the second half. So something got to give. And it's not the reason they lost the game, but there's going to be so much magnification on that last play, the fourth down where he throws short to the stick. He shows he, – Here it he, is. Here's the play right here. He thought he was going to get sacked is the thing. He said right. the rush up the middle. So he thought he had just had to go, but he probably just have to toss it up to Justin Jefferson instead of uh, taking the out. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, our colleague uh, Drew Dinsick saying cousin short of the sticks on the key fourth down was like minus 1,500, <laughs> right? It just It's very on brand. Very on brand. Look, the Giants got a Dory Jackson back in the secondary. That obviously helped. That was a big boost. But still, three targets – in the second half is inexcusable for a game in which you're trailing. To your point, the Giants led the entire way. Yeah, it's inexcusable. I mean, he's the best wide receiver in football, and yeah. it, it just they didn't utilize him even as a decoy the right way, it felt and, like. And we'll have the whole offseason to talk about the Vikings, but it's weird because, like, 
Justin Jefferson's my number one wide receiver and my number one player overall for fantasy drafts. Yeah. I think you can make a strong argument that after Kelsey, Hawkinson should be tight end too. We'll see how Andrews finishes the season. We'll see if Lamar Jackson's back with the Ravens and what that offense looks like. But, like, even if you go Andrews at two, like, hard to argue for Hawkinson any lower than three, even given what Kittle's done recently. I mean, you know, so just an incredible, you know, incredible game by Hawkinson, 10 for 129. Uh, you know, almost a thirty percent target share against the Giants, and obviously Dalvin Cook's going to be a, you know, a number one wide, res- a number one running back, you know, a top ten running back next year. So it's, we will talk about them a lot. I feel, I feel for, I have a lot of Vikings friends, a lot of friends that are Vikings fans, including Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, our colleague, and you know, who comes on every week on uh, football fantasy football pregame, and I just feel bad for them. Like you know, like it's a tough loss. It's a tough loss. I mean, like, because I'm a Commanders fan. I know we suck. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, my hope never gets up because I know how horrible we are. Like, I know it's only going to be Dak. But, you know, like, I, you know, they had hope. It was a winnable game, but the Giants were the better team by a fair bit. Don't, right. don't feel too bad. We did get word of where the Vikings are going. Oh, post-game as, celebration for the Vikings. The Let's see this. Uh, does get rolling, so don't feel too bad. This is from NFL memes. They are off to the Caribbean, it appears. Oh, dear. Oh, cock. Let me throw it further down the field, cock. Ain't no better way to deal with it, though, right? I, the people, I don't know who runs NFL memes, like NFL memes IG and NFL memes. It might be Lord. Whoever does. I confess. Does a great job. That account is so good. good. And good but not only are they good, they're good and they're funny, but you know what? It's immediate. Like, immediately, as soon as the game's over, yeah, they immediately yeah, they, like they got five or six they jokes. They, they got to make them it. for both outcomes. Like, That's the only explanation. We should tell Pat Karine to buy them. Yes. yes, a good investment yeah. for Pat. Crane. That would be a good account. That would be a good investment for uh, Pat Crane. It's unbelievable. Anyway, right. So that's the they had the Viking celebration. They just put Caribbean music underneath it. Just, just so good. Our last game to so recap good. here, guys. The 49ers, Brock Purdy, four touchdowns in his playoff debut. Uh, they just steamrolled the Seahawks in the second half to a 41 to 23 win, where Kyle Shanahan did what Kyle Shanahan does, but Purdy did make some plays, extending them. Christian McCaffrey found the end zone pretty easily in this one against the Seahawks defense that did not have much the entire day. Yep. To me, the thing with this game is that the first drive, Brock Purdy looked terrible. Shell he looked shot. absolutely awful, and it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because there's so much talent around him. Shanahan's so good as a play caller. Look how open. You can be terrible yeah, on 50% right. of your plays as the 49ers quarterback, yeah. as long as you don't turn it over. It's Look fine. at Debo. I knew right. he was going to be back. So, right. I mean... But, like, so we just saw, for people that are listening um, we, or watching on YouTube, you didn't see the plays, but we just saw three of Brock Purdy's touchdown passes. The first one to McCaffrey, the second one to Elijah Mitchell, and then the Debo one. The Debo one, whatever. He hits him in a 10-yard flat, and Debo does the rest of the work. Okay, fine. That's Shanahan, and that's Debo scheming it up. But give Purdy a little yes. bit of credit, because on the McCaffrey and the Mitchell ones, even though they were short, they were, you know, inside the 20, the fact is that in both cases, he maneuvered to avoid the rush, extended the play, and found the open man. I don't believe Mitchell or McCaffrey were the first read on either one of those plays. And so credit him to extending the play enough to find the open guy and then letting his playmakers make a play. Like, again, like, you can sit here and say, like, oh, all he's doing is hitting layups. But there's something to be said for hitting layups. Yeah, that's big plus. Right? It, yeah, it, it's – it. F- People, it, it's okay to acknowledge one thing and another. Like exactly. it's it's okay to acknowledge that there's an all pro at damn near every position for the 49ers. 
But if you could just put anybody back there, it wouldn't be Brock Purdy. Nobody would choose a seventh-round rookie to do it. He's never flinched. He hasn't always played perfect because nobody does, but he's never flinched from coming in in the Dolphins game. Like, he didn't wake up that day and was like, I'm about to go beat the Dolphins today. Nah, he just – you can acknowledge that he's balling. He's doing his job with what he got and that the team is good. In the second half, he was 9 of 11, 185 yards, three total touchdowns. Remember, he also had the rushing touchdown as well. And, right, you know, he's had at least two touchdown passes in every single game he's playing. Like, again, there's – you know, this is always the knock on Brady and everything like that, but like, oh, Brock Purdy's a system quarterback. Okay. Well, that's the system he is. There's a number, and I don't think Brady's a system quarterback. I don't buy any of that. You know, that's a ridiculous argument. But my fact is, the, the point is, is that so many quarterbacks are at least on some level a product of the coaching and the environment they're in. Again, we just talked about it. Think about Daniel Jones under Brian Dayball versus Daniel Jones under some of the other coaches he's had. Judge. Right? Yeah, against uh, under Joe Judge. Think about think about the, that comparison right there. Honestly, even Kirk Cousins. Obviously, disappointing end of the season, but Kirk Cousins was a better quarterback this year under Kevin O'Connell than he was, you know, um, under Mike Zimmer. Yep. Right? To He's me, a defensive coach, so it's not really fair. But you, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, quarterbacks are often a product of their system and the offense and the players around them. And so, like, you can't fault Brock Purdy for taking advantage of he's, you know. Okay, great. Yeah. You were Delta Royal flush, but you yeah. know what? You're playing it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. To me, Brock Purdy's not even the story. Brock Purdy's been doing this for six weeks. Yeah. To me, the story is Debo Samuel. Yes, and the fact sir. that he goes for 165 <laughs> total yards, a touchdown. He's kind of tackled this guy. No one ever sticks the yeah. first tackle. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen yeah. anyone with core strength like he this. He looks healthy. Insane. That's the key. Yes. He looks yeah. healthy. He's he, back. he used week 18 to get his feet wet, gave him a couple touches. He back back now. Yep, he's the story. And then Christian McCaffrey just does what Christian McCaffrey does, the most anonymous 119-yard rushing game that you'll ever see. Uh, goes for 2-17 for 17 in the air and a touchdown. This team is just completely loaded. It's, it's insane. They're 9-2 and two against the spread, um, uh, you know, and it's unbelievable sort of what just all the weapons they have. Credit John Lynch and the entire front office there for assembling this. I agree with you that Debo Samuel, who I think a lot of people were like, how healthy is he? Can you Damn trust healthy. him? But He's really healthy, obviously, moving forward here. One last thing on Purdy. I just wanted to look this up real quickly. I was just looking this up. So just, again, QBR is a stat that ESPN Stats Information came up with that sort of uh, I think is a really good stat. And it's just uh, on a scale of 1 to 100, there's a lot that goes into it. I won't bore you with all the, the underlying metrics. But just basically how well did a quarterback play? It waits, you know, it waits when throws were made, what the score of the game was, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, Geno Smith in this game had a QBR. Again, this is on a scale of 1 to 100, 65.8. Brock Purdy, 89.6. Yep. For context there, Patrick Mahomes finished the season at 77. Yeah, I mean, so, like, again, like, that's elite. 89 is it elite. It is elite, elite. Right, again, to your point, Patrick Holmes was sub-80, and yeah. this guy was just almost hit 90 in this game. So, I, you know, listen, I, it's going to be – it's a great story. Credit to Brock Purdy. Credit to Kyle Shanahan. Um, it's obviously – it's not a fair comparison with what Skylar Thompson or some of these other guys have, but, like, he's been given a great opportunity. He's making the most of it. And it's going to be really interesting to see if the Niners make the Super Bowl, which I think they have a very legitimate chance to do, right. what happens with Brock Purdy next year. If Garoppolo comes back, right, you know, I mean, Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. I mean, they spent all that in. But there's nothing that we've seen out of Trey Lance that gives you any kind of confidence. The way Brock Purdy's undefeated. Yeah. Can't bait him. I mean, like, I mean, like it's, 
it's it's craziness. Just to, yeah, I mean, <laughs> goodness gracious, that is spinning. Gonna be a fascinating offseason story to watch when we uh, get there. Listen, and, you know, listen, so, listen. Sometimes you get drafted by Kyle Shannon. Sometimes you get drafted by Brandon Staley. What are you gonna do? <laughs> With that, we're going to break. We're back talking Bucks Cowboys with a little proper shot action right after this. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too. Because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Rapatha.com or call 1-844-RAPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Rapatha. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. You don't want to miss the traders. 20 fierce competitors gather at a Scottish castle in the hopes of winning up to $250,000. The catch? Three of them are aiming to steal the prize for themselves. The Traders is streaming now on Peacock. How did I not get <laughs> I on this show? Say, you're a big Scottish how castle I, guy. How did I not get on that show? I gotta call my agent. Oh Proper <laughs> shot time. <laughs> I, I should have been on that. I would have totally been one of the people trying to steal the money. Oh, Come on. Listen, season I, two. I, there might be a season two. Dude, I steal money every single day from the company right now. Come on, you've seen this show. Hey, hey, hey. I'm now don't be telling them what we're doing. I'm literally stealing money every single day. It would be on brand for me to be in that show. <laughs> the traders on Peacock streaming oh, down with okay. company man. All right, what do we got? What are we doing? We Come got. On, get this back on <laughs> yeah. steer. I feel like I'm always the meme of the exit. Yeah. Uh, of the car yeah, veering yeah, exactly, off. Right, That's exactly. my life at this That's show. You. I actually really enjoy it. Right. Exactly. Uh, just full transparency. I'm <laughs> yeah. a sicko. NFC wildcard <laughs> preview. Cowboys, Bucks, fellows. And we do it in the format of prop a shot action right here. So. With Let's that go. being said, let it rip, fellas. Oh, oh that looked good. All right, go ahead, Lawrence. There you go. Nothing but net right here. Oh, oh, oh Mad rim. Oh! oh See, I, I set it up for you. I That's jinxed it for you. There you go. There, there, there you go. There we go. A, true, a true showman <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, on, hitting the last bucket here. All right, go. fellas, the spread of this game. The Bucks. We're going to need to replay that uh, at the top of segment four, just so you <laughs> yeah. guys know. For the rest of the year and next year. Yeah, pretty much. Bucks favored by two and a half points as the Cowboys get on the road to Tampa. The over/under set at 45 and a half. Jay, let's start with you with the most notable prop, I would think. Tom Brady passing yards set at 277 and a half. You going over/under here for Tom? Going over. Cowboys have had the fifth worst pass defense over the past five weeks. Tom Brady's had to win one game all season. It was against Carolina, and he put up 430 yards in that game. He shows up tonight. Barry, you're next up, and we're sticking with the theme of Tom Brady rushing yards. The over/under okay. set at <laughs> half. Point a half. So, first off, Jay Croucher said this earlier in the year. You haven't sweated or enjoyed something until you bet 
a quarterback rushing prop for a guy like Tom Brady, where it's literally .5 yards. That's the line. Now, by the way, you're like .5 yards. Get this. Like, do we have the tweet? Get this from BetMGM. Here, look at, let's, okay, first off, all right. So before we do the tweet, I'm, so people are like, why did you choose a, a Tom Brady rushing prop? I'm obsessed with Tom Brady rushing. So I do a thing. Tom Brady has a company called Autograph, right? And so it's an NFT company. And Tom Brady offered an NFT earlier this year uh, for people called called the Huddle. And as when you buy the Huddle, when you got this the Tom Brady NFT, you got a bunch of different things, including access to some of his friends, of which I am one. So, uh, so as part of the NFT, uh, part of the Autograph experience and the Huddle experience, is I've been doing a weekly Zoom call with all of their uh, all of the holders of. Uh, the NFT, giving like a Q&A, like a weekly fantasy football Q&A. And so one of the guys in the Q&A asked me, would, if I, who would win in a foot race between me and Tom Brady? And I said, I thought about it, and I was like, ah, Tom Brady. You know, ultimately, Tom Brady's a pro athlete. My guess is Tom Brady would, um, Tom Brady would beat me in, in, a, uh, in a foot race. Anyway, they ended up asking Tom Brady the same question. Let's, uh, let's watch this. This is from Fortino. Yay or nay, Matthew Barry can beat Tom Brady in a 40-yard dash. On his episode last week, Matthew said that you've got him beat. What do you think? Fortino, I love the question. Matthew Barry has no chance of beating me in a race. He's old, he's slow. Actually, I like Matthew a lot. But, um, no, I'd, I'd crush him. All right, Lauren. Anyway, he would crush me. He would absolutely crush me. I'm going over, in though. A hu- I'm, very I'm, humble I'm way. going. He's had at least one rushing yard in three of the four games here. Give me the over. Lawrence, CD Lamb receiving yards. Over under is set at 73.5. I'm going over with that one. All right, Jay, Tony Pollard rushing and receiving 77.5. He goes over. Zeke Elliott goes under 7.5 receiving yards. Barry, you got the last one here. Chris Godwin receiving yards over under 67.5. Give me the over. He's at 80 receiving yards in two of the past three games. I like the Bucks plus two and a half, and I like the Bucks to win. Likewise, likewise. Last segment on the happy hour, and I'm father of the year because, of course, I brought my daughter, Samantha, here to the bar. Um, <laughs> all right, Samantha. Hey, Chiefs and uh, Chiefs and Jaguars, who wins? Um, she, I like Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs. So there you go. There you go. There you the go. Chiefs. Yeah, there we go. Go KC. We'll see you tomorrow. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.